today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Let's uh, bring in Reggie Cicchini, journalist with Global News based out of Washington, D.C. And he is with us now. Hello, Reggie. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Thanks for taking the time on this busy day to join us. Uh, We certainly do appreciate it. What's your take? What are your thoughts on what you heard and saw today? Well, you know what? The the speech that Donald Trump gave was it was what we expected him to do. He, he touched on a couple of the points that, you know, were big for him over the campaign, uh, t- a couple of the points that, you know, he's been talking about in the lead up to taking the oath uh, of the office. I think it's going to be watching over the next couple of days now to see how he actually starts to transition from the words in his speech to putting the pen on paper. And I think that's where people are going to watch to see if he's able to me- uh, mesh the two. Uh, he seemed to stay on script this time and not really deviate too much. What were your thoughts of the actual speech itself? It was a little more subdued than what we'd expect Donald Trump to say, especially if you had paid attention to him over the entire campaign. I I have a feeling that, you know, the enormity of the job is basically what weighed on his shoulders as he was walking up to that podium to make that speech. It's one thing to, you know, be bombastic and spew rhetoric heading up to that point. But once you take that oath of office and you realize that you are now the most powerful man in the world and one of the, you know, the leader of the free world, what you say is important and you're going to be held to it. And that's why I think that he was a little more reserved than he normally is when he speaks. Uh, That being said, he certainly did seem to paint a stark picture of America in the past, Uh, said we're not going to be that, we're going to be this. Do you think this speech uh, chatted more about the past and other leaders than, uh, than inauguration speeches in the past? Well, I mean, I mean, I haven't paid attention to, you know, all of the inauguration speeches out there. But I mean, this this one that he gave, it was, you know, just under 20 minutes, 19 minutes. It was one of the shorter speeches that's ever been given. And over the campaign, Donald Trump really painted America as being this place of, you know, dire, this place of, uh, you know, uh, uncontrollable, you know, uh, bad things that keep happening when it comes to workforces, when it comes to immigration. And I, I think that he just really wanted to lightly touch on things that may have not been going right in the past or that at least he and his Republican Party see as not going right and try to, you know, say that he's going to be the one that fixes it. But, I mean, that's the thing now. You have Republicans and you have the people who voted him in trying to hold him to those words. What is the buzz down there? Um, uh, Obviously, and you really can't compare apples to oranges, uh, the uh, Barack Obama inauguration is certainly different, you know, perhaps more historic, although we may look at this one as being the same way. Uh, But that being said, uh, obviously more divisiveness there appears to be. What's the buzz down there? What's it like walking the streets? What's it like being around there? Well, you know what? Walking the streets, there's there's still the big, you know, um, uh, pomp that comes with any kind of inauguration. I mean, you're, you're seeing people that are really overjoyed. You're seeing people that are really excited for this new America that's about to be born. Uh, but when you're looking at the other side of it, there, there are the protesters out there saying that this is not what we want. We had the uh, vast majority of people in the popular vote not vote for Donald Trump, and we want to make him realize that he is not our president. And that's why you're seeing some violence erupt in downtown D.C. You're seeing uh, protests gathered by the, you know, the 5, 10, and 15 thousand that are starting to march their way around which is part of the reason why they brought 30,000 security forces in to try and you know keep everything calm and keep it orderly talk a little bit about that Reggie what we have heard that there are protests we haven't seen too much of that on the TV coverage what what is it like down there how extensive is it when it comes to people protesting uh, well the protests the, the big protests right now are looking you're looking towards you know the downtown dc so about 16 18 blocks away from where the actual activities are right now it was a normal you know peaceful protest that was making its way down but like you have when you have certain events if you think back to the g20 in toronto you have people who are going to offshoot from that protest and start to rail against the big company
companies. So you saw things like Starbucks and McDonald's, a couple of big banks with their windows broken, their doors broken. Police have been using some pepper spray to help, uh, you know, try to, to get those crowds back in order. Damage has been done, but it's nothing violent. There's been no arrests and there's been nobody hurt. So at this point, nothing uh, too extensive. Are we concerned that that might change over the day? Uh, well, there are concerns that protests are going to, be, you know, uh, uh, grow. There's there's one protest that 20,000 people have been uh, put their name in for, and they, they, they were uh, making their way towards checkpoints and security checkpoints to get onto the National Mall. I mean, now that the event is over and the parade is set to start around 3 o'clock, that's when security forces are really going to be watching to make sure that, uh, you know, those protesters stay peaceful and that they keep, a, you know, a distant line from where that parade heads down. Talk a little bit about the security. Can you tell that it's there? Is it uh, plainly visible? What's it like there? It, it's definitely visible. I mean, walking in this morning when I was leaving my house, I mean, I live 14 blocks from the Capitol building, and there was a National Guard in Humvee sitting at every single intersection on my walk into work, which is usually empty with, you know, the odd car here and there. Uh, once you get your way downtown, 100 blocks around the Capitol grounds have been uh, secured. There's, you know, big fencing and big gates up with some concrete pillars. And then, like I said, there's 28,000 security enforcement officers, plain clothed and in uniform positioned all the way around the city right now to try and make sure that, you know, the, the, the protesters keep their area, that the, the Donald Trump supporters keep their area, and that life can actually just continue to go on in the city. Uh, we're just watching uh, Barack and Michelle Obama leave the Capitol in uh, the helicopter. We've seen lots of shots uh, aboard that helicopter with past presidents and what that's like. What do you think is going through the minds of those two right now? Uh, of uh, of uh, Barack Obama and, and Michelle Obama, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as they get on a helicopter, I mean, it's, it's different. If you looked at it yesterday, they were getting on that helicopter. It was known as Marine One. Today, he's not the president anymore, so he gets on that helicopter. It's now known as Executive One because the president isn't on it. There could be a sense of relief that he's, you know, he's he's done his nine years or his eight years in office. And, you know, he, he's done what he can. And now it's a time for him to relax. And, you know, it's it's a time to let everybody else look at his presidency and start to put the pieces together as if it was good, if it wasn't. I mean, it, on his mind right now, they're headed to Florida. They're probably sitting there thinking it's time for a vacation. That's right. Bags are packed. I'm out of here. Uh, do you think with all of the fuss that has been made over the uh, election and inauguration of Donald Trump that it's overshadowed the exit of Barack Obama? Uh, a lot of people saying, uh, well, obviously his popularity is through the roof right now. Uh, does that have more to do with the incoming president than it does to do with the outgoing president, do you think? I think the focus on on uh, Barack Obama's 60 percent approval rating right now was it was kind of highlighted and ignored at the same time because you don't want to put too much focus on a president that's leaving because it's stepping on the toes of somebody coming in. But the fact that Donald Trump is coming in with the lowest rating uh, approval rating of any president in modern history. I mean, it, 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 it's hard to not look at the fact that President Obama is leaving with 60 percent. He did a lot of things in his presidency, some good to some people, some not so good to others. Donald Trump's now going to have to try and build on that. And if he wants to get to that 60 percent, he's really going to have to change his ways. It was fascinating watching uh, 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 the um, uh, Clintons arrive this morning. And and in the face of them, it almost looked as if they were walking to a funeral as opposed to uh, an inauguration. What do you think is going through their minds? How difficult do you think it would be a day for Hillary today? That's exactly what we were saying when we were watching them, uh, you know, kind of walk through the hallway. It was, it, yeah. it was that moment of Hillary Clinton almost had this 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 moment of she looked like she was about to break into tears. Mm -hmm. But you have to wonder, you know, is she breaking into tears because 
she didn't win or because she's relieved at the fact that, you know, she's leaving, you know, the country into somebody else's hands and it's it's going to be their fault if something goes wrong. Um, you know, I think it was it's just like any other president that goes up there. They they've done it. They've lived it. They've walked through it. She walked through it with her husband. It's an emotional event. I can imagine that's exactly what was going through their mind right now. Just saying, you know, this this is a huge day and you, you, she can't do anything except be grateful that the country is actually just going to continue to move forward. Uh, he, uh, Donald Trump said in his uh, speech, this is the date, uh, he mentioned the date and says this is the, d- the date that uh, uh, the people become rulers of the nation. This is the day that the government uh, now becomes controlled by you. At what point or, or how long do you think Donald has before people uh, will judge him on whether they see results or not? Sorry, Scott, you'll have to repeat that, uh, our, our line cut out. Uh, obviously, uh, he has said that this is the date that the people uh, will now rule the nation. This is the, uh, the date that now uh, the government will be controlled by the people. Uh, the days of uh, the people being forgot by the nation are no longer there. At what point will people, how long will people give him before they expect results from him, do you think, and, and start uh, holding him to what he said today? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to take that that speech, you know, at face value because this is a country that's governed by the people at all points in its history. Because the people are the one who appoint a president to lead their country. So, I mean, at, at any given point, the people are the ones who put these people into power. He, he's going to have to build on what Barack Obama left. I mean, at the end of the recession, Barack Obama had created tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of jobs. So the country wasn't as in a, a dire situation as Donald Trump made it out to be. I think that going forward, he's really going to have to look at being the jobs president that he claims he's going to be, because it's not, you know, t- jobs are being lost because of technology, but he wasn't so quick to say that that's the reason that jobs are being lost. Mm. And people are now going to put him into a position of saying, you said jobs are coming. You need to make that happen. Uh, Talk a little bit about the divisiveness, Reggie. I mean, obviously, we had Democrats that didn't want to show up. There were some that uh, actually questioned the credibility of the election uh, after the Russian hacking and such. Uh, Now that there has been an inauguration, now that he is the 45th president of the United States, will that die down? Will there still be uh, questioning the credibility of this election and whether he should even be president or not? Has Has that gone? I think that eventually, once we get through, you know, Senate hearings and try to get, you know, Trump's cabinet picks put in place, the Democrats are really just going to sit there and try to work forward. I mean, they just lost a big election. And if they really want to get anywhere over the next four years, they're really going to have to put their pens to the paper and work on, you know, what they can do so that either come midterms or come four years from now, they have a better chance of securing a position to either lead a government or at least have a better say in the government. I mean, if you watched the inauguration today, some Democrats were standing up there with purple pins on because they were uh, the pins had to do with the Affordable Health Care Act and that they stand in line with that. They have their ideas on how they want things to be done, and they were, they'll make sure that they say it. They just have to make sure that you know they, they play fair going forward if they want to win in the next couple of years. Uh, what do you think politicians or political parties will learn from this? I mean, everybody seems to still be shell-shocked. At the end of the day, when do they start looking inward? What will they learn from this? Well, I think the Democrats are already learning right now that they need to change because, you know, they lost a big election and they lost it in a big way. And they're going to have to try to figure out what they can do to put themselves forward. The Republicans, on the other hand, they really need to figure out what happened because they now have a man who's never held government office, a man who's never been in the military. And it's a businessman who's now leading a group of politicians. They are going to have to kind of work together to see, you know, where they meet a common ground and try to carry that going forward over the next four years, especially if they want to try to win a second term.
All right, Reggie Giacchini has been with us, journalist with Global News based in Washington, watching it all go down today. Reggie, thanks for the time and insight on this busy day. We uh, very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.